Hello, everybody. Welcome to Audio Only with me, Nate Starr. It is the podcast, and it's May 26th, 2018. It's a hot one here in uh, West Michigan today. Installed the air conditioner. Looking forward to having the, the edge taken off this summer and enjoying the cool vibes and looking out on the sunny days as we kick off the summer season over the holiday weekend. But let's first get into uh, what's going on today in history. And then starting with some U.S. and Soviet history. Hmm? In 1960, the United States charges the Soviets with espionage. During a meeting of the United Nations Security Council, U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Henry Cabot Lodge, charges that the Soviet Union has engaged in espionage activities at the U.S. Embassy in Moscow for years. The charges were obviously an attempt by the United States to deflect Soviet criticisms following the downing of an American U-2 spy plane over Russia earlier in the month. See, on May 1st, 1960, a highly sophisticated and supposedly invulnerable U.S. spy plane, the U-2, was shot down over the Soviet Union. Now, although U.S. officials first denied that the existence of any such spy planes, the Soviets gleefully produced both the wreckage of the plane and its pilot, Francis Gary Powers. Embarrassed U.S. officials, including President Dwight D. Eisenhower, were forced to publicly admit the United States were indeed spying on the Soviets uh, with high-altitude planes. However, the U.S. government quickly consistently declared that it was doing nothing that the Soviets themselves were not doing. As evidence of the charge, Henry Catalodge brought the issue before the UN Security Council. There he produced a wooden reproduction of the Great Seal of the United States. Nestled inside was a small listening and transmitting device. Lodge claimed that the seal had been presented to the U.S. Embassy in Moscow in 1945 by a group of Russian citizens. In 1952, a security sweep of the embassy discovered the listening device. Lodge went on to note that more than 100 other such devices had been found in U.S. embassies in Russia and other communist bloc countries during the last few years. The Soviet representative on the Security Council chuckled often during Lodge's presentation and then asked, From what plays were these props taken, and when will it open? Despite the U.S. charges of Soviet espionage, nothing could undo the damage of the downed U-2 spy plane. The subsequent denials and the public embarrassment suffered by Eisenhower and other U.S. officials when they were caught in a lie. Just ten days before Lodge's presentation in the Security Council, a summit meeting between Eisenhower and Soviet leader, leader Nikita Khrushchev ended with each side exchanging angry accusations about spying in bad faith. So, kind of a... kind of fun to be kind of reliving the whole thing. Isn't it? Anyway, <clears throat> in the world of books, today, in 1897, Dracula goes on sale in London. The first copies of the classic vampire novel, Dracula, by Irish writer Bram Stoker, appear in London bookshops on this day in 1897. A childhood invalid, Stoker grew up to become a what we would call a soccer star at Trinity College in Dublin. After graduation, he got a job in civil service at Dublin Castle, where he worked for the next ten years while writing drama reviews for the Dublin Mail on the side. 
In this way, Stoker met the well-respected actor Sir Henry Irving, who hired him as his manager. Stoker stayed in the post for most of the next three decades, writing Irving's voluminous correspondence for him and accompanying him on tours in the United States. Over the years, Stoker began writing a number of horror stories for magazines, and in 1890, he published his first novel, The Snakes Pass. Stoker would go on to publish 17 novels in all, but it was the first 1897 novel of Dracula that eventually earned him literary fame and became well known as the masterpiece of Victorian-era gothic literature. Written in the form of diaries and journals of its main characters, Dracula is the story of a vampire who makes his way from Transylvania, a region of Eastern Europe now in Romania, to Yorkshire, England, and preys on the innocents there to get the bloody needs to live. Stoker had originally named the vampire Count Wempire. He found that the name he found the name Dracula in a book of uh, Walchia in Moldavia, written by retired diplomat William Wilkinson, which he borrowed from a Yorkshire public library during his family's vacations there. Vampires who left their burial places at night to drink the blood of humans are popular figures in folk tales from ancient times. But Stoker's novel catapulted them into the mainstream of 20th century literature. Upon its release, Dracula enjoyed moderate success, though when Stoker died in 1912, none of his obituaries even mentioned Dracula by name. Sales began to take off in the 1920s when the novel was adapted for Broadway. Dracula Mania kicked into even higher gear with Universal's blockbuster 1931 film directed by Todd Browning and starring the Hungarian actor Bela Lugosi. Dozens of vampire-themed movies, television shows, and literature followed. The Lugosi, with his exotic accent, remains the quintessential Count Dracula. Late 20th century examples of vampire crews include the best-selling novels of American writer Anne Rice, and the cult hit TV series Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and most notably, the Twilight series, which spawned books and movies. <clears throat> So that's kind of fun, you know, the, looking, you know, the Halloween and everything, the, you know, and all of the crazes of all the monsters, you know, and it's interesting to find out that, you know, to, to have your most famous book not included in your obituary, you know, I, I wonder, like, when, when people create something like, uh, like a movie or a song or, or a book, you know, when they, when they make it and they, created and it goes out like you know with George Lucas like oh this is gonna be a cultural phenomenon this movie Star Wars that I created this is gonna be referenced and talked about forever I mean the movie Star Wars is now I think it's a little over 40 years old like 41 42 years old and you know whether you look at the new films that have come out with like uh, the new sequels to the Star Wars universe and then you have your your offshoots like Han Solo which just opened um, you have um, Rogue One you know the, the little side plots uh, off the main story you know when he sat down and penned that first Star Wars movie did he say this is going to be this is it this is going to be the movie Kids are going to be walking around in Darth Vader costumes, and people will say, I am your father, which is, as we all know, is not correct. But it's, you know, it's a, it's a huge part of what we do. Use the Force, you know. I mean, for crying out loud, May the 4th has been 
you know, rebranded. May the fourth be with you. And everybody brings out their uh, their Star Wars memes. So, I, you know, it's, I've always wanted to know, like, somebody who wrote uh, something like a, a bestseller or anything. It's like, when you pen this, I mean, obviously we all want it to do well. And there are books that have done well. But, I mean, when you hit when you hit that note that resonates throughout pop culture, um, you know, it's like, do you get a feeling? Do you get an inkling? And then, you know, that uh, the what you're creating is going to change the way we talk and think as uh, as people. I think, you know, that'd be an, that'd be an interesting sit-down. I'd love to do a, a sit-down sometime with somebody. Um, but in the meantime, I just sit here and do my little history podcast now. <laughs> it started off where I was just kind of, you know, talking about whatever, but uh, I like to share knowledge. I like to share my trivial knowledge. Um, you know, we live in a crazy time where you are branded a bad person because you want to know things. And if you don't believe me, you know, share some bit of trivial knowledge. And people will be like, oh, you ruined it, or, oh, why do you even know that? Yeah, why, why, why did you bother learning that? It's like, why didn't you bother not learning it? I'm telling it to you now. You know, knowledge is meant to be shared. You know, you don't have to agree with it. You don't have to like it. But it's knowledge, and you need, you know... To, to close yourself off, to, like, stop learning and just be like, I know enough stuff, is probably the most ignorant thing you could ever say. You know, go out and learn things. I mean, if you want to learn, like, how a camera works or why do, you know, why do birds fly in bees, you know, just any, you know, any small piece of information you learn and enjoy is, uh... It's fascinating. I always, you know, people are like, what a waste of time. And my rebuttal to that, whether you're playing, you know, whatever you're doing, is that no time enjoyed is ever wasted. You know, if you're literally reading a biography the whole time, you're just, I hate this. Why am I doing this? You know, then obviously you, maybe that, maybe you should find something else. (laughs) But, you know, if you're enjoying yourself, if you're, if you're in, you know, if you like reading biographies or if you like reading technical manuals or textbooks, you know, whatever, you know, enjoy, enjoy learning and broadening your horizons. It never, nothing is ever hurt by learning, you know. And I, when I say learning, I mean like learning new things, you know, like if you learn how, you learn that your wife is cheating on you, obviously that's not good. <laughs> but, you know, at the, but I, what I really mean is, you know, uh, know all you can. You know, knowledge is power. And, uh, and like I said, in this day and age when uh, knowing things seems to be out of style, the best thing you can do if you want to stick it to somebody is learn all you can. That's the best move you can possibly make. So that's going to do it for me today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Thanks for listening. And if I don't see you on my podcast or my web series, The Funniest Guy at Work with Dino and Eddie, then I will see you on the internet.